the Oxfordshire News podcast from Jack FM. Hi, it's Leisha McKenna here. We've been speaking to health workers in Oxford who have been raising awareness about a very rare form of bone cancer described as the forgotten cancer. Our reporter Emma Kerwin has been finding out more about sarcoma for the latest episode of our podcast. Have you heard of sarcoma before? Honestly, before doing my research for this podcast, I hadn't. Turns out I'm not alone either, as according to charity Sarcoma UK, three out of four people don't know what sarcoma is. They are very specialised cancers. They form by forming a lump. That's Professor Bas Hassan, an oncologist in Oxford, who told me there are more than 70 different types of sarcoma. They usually affect young people and teenagers and start in the soft tissues and bones of the body. More from him later. But first, Vicky Wren, a senior specialist nurse in sarcoma in Oxford, told me more about this rare cancer. It can sometimes be very vague, so I think that's sometimes where it's difficult to diagnose. And because of the age group, which is teenagers and young adults, where they're still growing, I think sometimes not for any fault of the GP, um, sometimes get, gets misdiagnosed as growing pains. So, uh, yeah, the main thing is is a generalised pain. Sometimes they get night, night sweat, which is a night pain, which is another key symptom. With bone cancer, there's no sort of lumps that are felt because obviously it's within the bone and not the soft tissue. So uh, there's no lumps to feel, but it is just a generalised pain. So sometimes patients can spend a lot of time in the referral system um, for a long period of time just having physio or just having pain painkillers before they actually then get a, either an, uh, some kind of scan or an x-ray, which then they can see shows a, a tumour within their bone. Is it predominantly young children that this cancer affects? Yes, unfortunately, um, this type of cancer that's the kind of age group. Um, they say with all osteosarcoma cases, um, 60% of them are under the age of 29 years old. And if it's taking a while for this diagnosis and for patients to find out exactly what it is and that it is sarcoma, that must be quite a difficult period for the patient being young and probably at school and wanting to get involved with things that their classmates are doing and quite hard for the parents yeah. as well. Yes, we we do experience a lot of, especially from the patient's point of view, um, frustration that they've had to spend a lot of time, I suppose, not being the anxious parent, I suppose, and hassling GPs to continue to get, you know, saying that the, you know, their, their, their child is in pain and that it's not going away. You know, we have some cases where we see them within a couple of months, but we... <laughs> Other times where, you know, it could be up to, I think the longest time we've had is a year um, before they've got to us, just because there's not that much recognition of it out in the community. And a lot, all of the centres are doing their uttermost to try and make GPs more aware of sarcoma. That was Vicky Wren, who says she's really proud to be able to treat patients with cancer in Oxford. You've heard about some of the symptoms of sarcoma. Now let's chat to Dr. Bas Hassan, who helps treat patients at the Churchill Hospital's Cancer Centre, which is run by Oxford University Hospitals. 
He says new drugs need to be developed. The Trust is one of the five comprehensive sarcoma centres in the UK. What does that mean? It means that they take patients into Oxford for treatment with sarcoma in any site of the body. Uh, and that they, there is a specialist team here of about 30 consultants and a, and a large number of other staff involved in the diagnosis, surgery, radiotherapy and chemical treatments of sarcoma. So we're quite a big treatment centre in the UK, about the third largest. Unique, uh, really, because of this location in Oxford next to the advances that we can leverage from the developments in the university. Is there anything lacking, uh, in your opinion, with uh, regards to a patient's diagnosis or the treatment options that are available for a sarcoma patient? Uh, Many of the advances are slowly but surely being adopted uh, in the NHS and in Oxford as part of the treatment of sarcoma and diagnosis. These include Uh, fingerprinting the DNA in the tumour and in the person who develops sarcoma. So why did the person develop sarcoma and what is it about their tumour that we might be able to identify an Achilles heel or a new way of treating it? So we are doing that here and that's a very important step forward. What we lack actually is development of new drugs and we need to persuade industry and researchers to fund uh, new ways of treating sarcoma Many of the treatments that we currently use were we using 20 years ago, and there's been relatively slow development of treatments compared to, say, breast cancer or lung cancer or colorectal cancer. How do you go about doing that then? Well, it requires uh, uh, a, a teamwork as the treatment is a team effort. So will the future of sarcoma be? And that's a partnership between the patients the relatives, the hospitals, the charities that fund sarcoma, such as Sarcoma UK and the Bone Cancer Research Trust in the UK. The Oxford Hospitals Charity have been terrific at supporting sarcoma. Uh, And the researchers who have expertise and and may be able to work out new ways of treating them. Uh, And that's why the awareness is quite important to understand the unmet need and to work together to see if we can find a solution. And what about the support that's out there at the moment for people who um, have been diagnosed with sarcoma? Uh, the, sport, the support is mainly uh, local in the sense within Oxford with the specialist nursing team and all the support staff and the physiotherapy staff and nutrition staff, etc. And they provide excellent and first world class support, really incredible uh, people who are able to support families and patients. And that extends for all age groups, from children right through to older adults. Uh, On a national scale, it tends to be run by the charities through Sarcoma UK in particular, who run a very good support network. And uh, another rare sarcoma called GIST Support UK. Um, And in terms of internationally, there's a a very big European um, uh, support network uh, and an online support network Uh, particularly focused on these very rare sarcomas that uh, there are only a few cases in the UK potentially, but more cases worldwide. And so these are an international sort of network of support uh, of patients who are currently suffering or have suffered from the condition, supporting each other across the globe. It's really quite remarkable how sarcomas have that, that reach. Dr. Hassan there speaking about new treatments for sarcoma. 
You're now going to hear from Helen Stradling, a sarcoma specialist nurse at Sarcoma UK. Helen worked at the Nuffield Orthopaedic Centre in Oxford, looking after sarcoma patients years ago before it became one of the five dedicated cancer centres. For the bone sarcoma patients, there are actually only five specialist centres in England. Um, And so for us to have one so close makes it so much more easier for the people of Oxford who potentially may have a suspected or uh, an actual diagnosed sarcoma. We know, unfortunately, for people that aren't close to the specialist centres, many of them have to travel two to three hours sometimes to their appointments and their treatments especially in the last 18 months where COVID has taken over and and people haven't been allowed to take people with them to appointments. I think that's just added um, to the stress of everything. And and we know that the team in Oxford have been looking after sarcoma patients for many years. Um, And as with all of the specialist centres, they do an amazing job. For someone who hasn't heard about the charity that you now work work at, can you just talk us through what you actually do? Of course. So Sarcoma UK is actually the only national charity uh, in the UK that funds, obviously, vital research, um, campaigns for better treatments, and offers support and advice to anybody affected by sarcoma, be that bone sarcoma, soft tissue or GIST. And our aims really are to ensure that everybody affected by sarcoma gets the best treatment, the best care and the best information and support. I mean, what we really want is we want more people to survive sarcoma. We want more people to know about sarcoma. And we want ultimately for everybody diagnosed with a sarcoma to have access to the best treatment and care. As you've just heard, Sarcoma UK wants more people to survive this cancer. So I asked Helen what the survival rate actually is. So the survival rate for five years for somebody um, diagnosed with a sarcoma is 55%. Now, the problem being with that is that there are around 100 different types of sarcoma and these percentages really do put every single person with sarcoma in together. So there are many people that have a much better outcome from that. But because there are so many different types, there may only be a handful of people diagnosed with each subtype. And so that's why everybody um, gets put in together. Can you offer people advice if they're concerned about potentially having sarcoma? Absolutely. So we run the Sarcoma UK support line um, and people can call us on 0808 8010401 and that's a free phone line number and people can email us and text us as well. All of the information is on the website at www.sarcoma.org.uk. Finally, a grief support charity in Oxfordshire is encouraging parents to reach out for support if their child has been given a terminal cancer diagnosis. Seesaw has been helping kids, young people and their families before and after a bereavement for the last 20 years. Annie Bolevska-Cooper is one of the charity's practitioners and says the grieving process starts before someone has died. We're a children's-focused bereavement service, so what we'll be looking at is what the impact of that illness and that death has on the children within that family. And um, whether that's a parent or a sibling, we'd be looking at whether that child or that, that ill person is being cared for at home, what that looks and feels like for the people in the home. We'd be talking to parents about typical 
grief reactions in their other children, thinking about the strategies they can use to help manage difficult feelings, um, a space for parents to talk and have a sounding board about the challenges of, of caring for grieving children whilst managing their grief themselves. Um, and as well as talking to them about those things, we're thinking about signposting them to adult bereavement services where they can actually get um, tailored support for themselves as well. Because what we know is a parent who's been well supported um, has the best chance of supporting their children through what is a really incredibly difficult time. Do you tailor the services you offer in terms of what uh, the families are facing? So, for example, mm. we're obviously talking about Psychoma Awareness Month, so that's yeah. cancer. Mm-hmm. Would you yeah. tailor um, how you'd approach the, the situation and the help that you offer? Absolutely. So we do have a range of illnesses that come into the service when people um, are diagnosed as being unwell. And we work closely with the medical professionals that are supporting families, so the clinical nurse specialists, um, and the medical teams to ensure that whilst we're not medical professionals ourselves that we are are aware of and understand a family's particular disease and its um, challenges because each each disease has its own it has its own pattern and progression signs uh, side effects and symptoms of treatment so it is bespoke yes and we do work closely with the rest of the uh, people working with the family to ensure that we really understand what it is that they're experiencing and can offer the right and the appropriate support at the appropriate time. As you mentioned Seesaw focuses on young people, sarcoma, cancer affects mainly young people and um, I understand that you also do some work in schools which is quite interesting because for example if there's um, a young person diagnosed with sarcoma they'll Mm. they'll be going to school won't they and then um, Uh potentially having quite difficult conversations with classmates. We offer a sort of broad-based self-serve training package that we've put together we used before COVID, we would go out and visit schools in person and deliver that training to staff. So staff who are working with young people in the school environment have an awareness of the impact of serious illness and bereavement within the school community, whether that's a student who's unwell, um, a family member of a student who's unwell or has died, or whether it's a teacher or a member of staff within the school environment. So there are different scenarios with which bereavement and grief can actually strike a school community. So we offer that kind of training Um, either face-to-face when we're allowed or we have an online training package but we do also offer specific case consultations where we respond rapidly to unexpected deaths as well and we will go out and visit school community and talk to the key staff involved about a specific situation we have resources to help schools form their bereavement policies so that their communication with parents and students is sensitive uh, timely and appropriate Um, and we also offer Um, to uh, a range of resources that we can recommend that schools can use within their own environment to talk to young people about death and dying. If someone's listening to this and they're potentially facing the prospect of losing um, a young child or potentially they they already have and they're struggling with grief, how can they access your support? It's very straightforward. You go to the Seesaw website and you click on the referral button. You self-refer into Seesaw um, as a family member and you just send us an email and we'll we'll reply within 24 hours to say 
just give us these details and then somebody will call you back and take a more detailed history about what you're facing. And we do respond to families um, rapidly at that point because we don't know whether that's been an immediate um, sudden death or uh, or a some a family who hasn't received any support and are now approaching end of life. So we want to make sure that we respond to families in a timely fashion. So self-referring, using the website, and we'll be in touch very quickly. And if anyone's listening who thinks they'd like to support the work of Seesaw, there's lots of information on our website about how you can do that. And we look forward to seeing as many people who'd like to join on our memory walk in September to keep an eye on our Facebook page and our website and our other social media so that they can uh, see when that date is launched and come and see us at Benham. Thank you. You can find out more about Seesaw and Sarcoma Awareness Month online And don't forget to keep the Jack FM News team in your timeline by giving us a follow on Twitter. Just search at Jack FM News.